0: is um is a, a touchy subject for some folks at least for some pastors uh, some churches will will be uh, very glad to teach and preach and tell you about and others uh, are afraid to and I want to tell you this morning that that the message of god 's healing grace is found from the very beginning from the moment that Adam and Eve sinned and were uh, Forced out of the Garden of Eden, God foretold a day when the Savior, the Messiah, would come and bring, bring healing power and transform people's lives. And so I want to talk to you this morning a little bit about God's grace, His healing grace. And I want to say this, that there are literally hundreds of thousands of pages written on the subject of God's grace. And I could try to stand up here and give you a Bible college type of lecture telling you all about um, about what grace is and, and give the, the theological definitions and so forth. But um, what I want to do, uh, and I started last week, I want to talk to you about God's grace as demonstrated in the life and the ministry of Jesus. And I want to say this to you, that as we look at God's grace, his healing grace this day, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come forward at the end of the service to, uh, to be prayed for. And I'd like to pray for you. If you need God's touch in your life, if you need his healing power in your life, um, I'm going to invite you forward and I'm going to anoint you with oil as the scripture tells us to do. And uh, before we do that though, I want to just show you from the scripture God's plan, his purpose for you and for us. And um want like first of all, to look at this passage of Scripture from Acts chapter 14, verse 3. And as, uh, as we look at that Scripture passage, we, we recognize that Paul, the evangelist and church planter, some of you know him as the Apostle Paul, he's on his, uh, one of his missionary journeys. In fact, this is, this is his first of four trips where he goes around the world at that time preaching the gospel and healing people now understand this as they come to their uh, second stop along the way to the city of iconium the apostle paul comes before the people preaching the gospel and healing people now it's interesting that some and it's the same today some people embraced paul and and his message of christ's grace and others others did not In fact, the Bible says that the Apostle Paul was violently persecuted because of his message of God's grace, of His healing grace. And so, let's uh, let's just stop before we before invite you forward for prayer. Let me just stop and uh, look at a few passages of Scripture that show you that it is, in fact, God's desire to heal you. It is God's d- desire to make you whole. And so we're going to look, first of all, at Isaiah 53, verses 4 to 5. And this is before Christ has come to the earth. This, is a, this was written in the 8th century B.C., at least 700 years before Christ came. And the, and the great prophet Isaiah is looking forward to the day when Messiah would come, when Messiah Jesus would come. And uh, let's, uh, let's take a look at this. I think we should probably... Um, Read this passage of scripture together, and if you if you would please, surely he took upon he took up our infirmities. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of it in the King James version. (laughs) This is the NIV. Let's read it together. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. And so we recognize right off the bat, my friends, that this was God's great plan. This was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah, that Jesus was going to come and he was going to heal us. Now understand this, when we look at this term healing, it says that... uh, by His wounds we are healed. We're not talking just about the physical healing. We're talking about about uh, a holistic healing of body, mind, soul, and spirit. In fact, oftentimes the scripture doesn't differentiate. Uh, it just says a person was healed and made whole. Now, understand this this morning. God, God wants to touch you. He wants to heal you. He wants to make you whole. And it, whether it's physical, whether it's uh, emotional, uh, whether it's something in your heart and your spirit that you just feel like God, I got to just get set free. That's what God wants to do for you. And um, I want to say this: that in the year 2010, it's hard for us perhaps to imagine that what life was like in the time of Isaiah. But I can tell you that that this prophecy would have had, had tremendous, tremendous, had a tremendous impact on those who read it. Because in the time that this was written, do you know that the life expectancy in Isaiah's day was only about 30 years? People did not live long. In fact, if we were living in Isaiah's time, most of us would be dead. That's just a plain fact. And so we maybe don't realize just how important this is. In fact, uh, I want you to know today that that God knows the condition of your body, and he knows the condition of your heart, your soul, your mind. And this morning, he wants to touch you. He wants to make you well. In Isaiah's time, people were at the mercy of diseases. They were at the mercy of, of viruses and vermin. Uh, they They were desperately aware, and I understand this, desperately aware of how much they needed a touch from God. And this morning, I'm going to ask you that question. Are you aware today just how much you need God's touch in your life? Isaiah looking forward and prophesying the day when Messiah would come. And look what it says there in verse 5. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our sins. This morning, I asked him to put up the cross because this was the instrument by which God brought to us his healing. Do you know that Jesus died on the cross and took upon himself, as it says there, the punishment that brought us peace? He took upon himself the punishment that you and I deserve. God loves you and me so much that he wants to make us whole. And the way that he makes us whole, the way he reverses what happens in the Garden of Eden is through Jesus coming to this world and dying on the cross. And so 700 years before Jesus came to the earth to die, the prophet Isaiah foretells it. He says it's coming. The day is coming when Messiah will come and make you whole, where Messiah will come and set you free. This is what literally all of Israel was looking for, not just for a political leader that would set them free from the oppression of Rome, but they understood that there was a far greater oppression. And it came from the very pit of hell. They understood as they saw their children possessed by devils, as they, saw, as they saw their children succumb to disease and sickness and illness. All of Israel was waiting for Messiah to come. They didn't understand exactly how it was all going to work and how, what it all meant. But they did know this that Messiah would come and heal us through his wounds. Now, listen to me. When Christ did come to this earth, we find that Jesus goes throughout the land of Israel healing. From and, and if you ever look at a map of his travels over the course of three years, it's incredible the ground that he covered. And I'm going to tell you this this morning. You cannot embrace Christ without embracing his healing ministry. You, just, you cannot embrace Christ without recognizing what he wants to do in your heart and life. In fact, look what it says here in in Matthew chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. And so the evangelist Matthew looks back to that prophecy of isaiah and says folks this is the one. this is jesus is the fulfillment of that that prophecy given over 1700 years ago and we find if you if you look through the new testament following the life of christ you find that jesus wherever he went was going around healing people it was a regular part of his ministry in fact matthew is making it clear that that this is Jesus' ministry, and this is who he is, and this is what he did. Now, some people think that healing the sick was just a minor part of his whole ministry, but I have to tell you that healing was, in fact, central to Jesus' ministry. Did you know that? And for us to understand what Christianity is, and for us to understand what our Christianity is all about, then you need to understand this, that at the center of it all is, is a Messiah who has come to make you and me whole. And it's not God's will for us to walk around crippled in, in our hearts and crippled in our minds. It's God's will that we would be completely made whole. And so I want to pray for you this morning. I want to, I want to do what Jesus calls us to do. And that is to turn to Him and find His healing touch. Now I'm going to tell you this this morning before, before I move on here, that all secular and, and unfortunately many Christian thinkers failed to mention Satan as the agent through which illness, disease, and disasters enter the world. Do you know that today? That there is an enemy who hates you and who hates me? And I'm going to tell you why he hates us. It's for one simple reason. Is he hates God our Father. He hates God and he hates those of us who have been created in his image. And that's absolutely every single person here today. You've been created in the image of God and the way for Satan to attack our Father in heaven is through attacking us. And so understand this, that when Jesus came, he came to cancel the work of Satan. In Luke chapter 13, Jesus sees a woman uh, crippled, and, and she's bent over. She can't straighten up. And right there on the Sabbath day while he's teaching in the synagogue, he tells the woman, Woman, you're healed. You're healed. And she straightens up, and the Pharisees are furious because Jesus healed somebody on the Sabbath. It's just staggering to think that someone would get upset about Jesus doing that. But in fact, they did. In fact, listen to what Jesus says in Luke 13, verse 16. Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? And so Jesus acknowledges to us in Luke chapter 13 that, in fact, it is Satan who is bound up this woman in her, in her disease. Jesus identified Satan as the enemy responsible for the harm done to all of humanity. And I'm going to tell you this, my friends. Satan continues to attack us because he knows his time is coming to an end. Satan knows that, that it's not going to go on forever like this. He, he knows his, that, that, uh, that God will eventually bound it bind him up and destroy him forever and it says in revelations twelve twelve, he is that satan is filled with fear because he knows that his time is short now i want to i want you to know something this morning as we gather here god wants to touch you and he wants to make you whole he wants to deliver you and i want to pray for that to happen and uh you say well you know what pastor is this does this just apply to us today in the year 2010 or is that just for jesus day well the healing of the sick was, in fact, Jesus' idea from the very beginning. Did you know that? And I want you to know this. That somewhere along the line, people have forgotten that our Father in Heaven is still in the business of healing broken hearts, broken minds, and broken bodies. In fact, it's something we don't hear enough about today, and I think part of the reason is is because, first of all, we don't ha- have faith to believe it. Secondly, it's because we don't know the Scripture, and thirdly, because uh, maybe we think that because God hasn't healed in the past, that therefore He won't heal now, and yet God has called us to pray for healing. In 1907, in a little church in San Francisco on a back street called Azusa Street, there were, was a little black congregation that believed that God's word was true and they took God's word at face value and they began to pray and ask God to pour out his spirit and and to do those great signs that he promised he would do. They believed that Jesus meant what he said and he said what he meant. And so look at these words in Luke chapter 16 verses 17 to 18 and you'll see what Jesus says. It says, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. Look at this. They will place their hands on the sick people, and they will get well. My friends, this is, this is God's plan. This is Jesus' purpose. This is what Jesus wants for us. Not just back 2,000 years ago, but Today. And so this morning, that's, this is exactly what we're going to do. We're going to invite you to come forward for prayer. We're giving, you, we're giving lots of time to spend time here at the altar, just waiting in the presence of God. I've already asked the elders to come and gather in behind you and lay hands on you and pray for you. And I'm going to anoint you with oil. But let me just say this before we do that. Um, I, want you, I want you just, to, just to, to bow your heads with me right now. And I want you to, to just quietly listen to the to the voice of God at this very moment. Father, as we as we come to you in prayer, we pray God that you would touch our hearts. We pray, God, that you would open us open our hearts to receive what you have from us today. We thank you, Father, that you're still in the business of healing. We thank you, God, that what you did back then, you are still able to do today. Help us to recognize that, Father. And, Father, we pray this morning that you would do truly great things in our midst as we come, not manipulated, but just come in faith, believing you and taking you at your word. So, Father... Do a work right now by your Spirit. And we thank you this morning, Lord, that you have given us grace to receive from you. God, we recognize today that your grace is really your unmerited favor. Your grace is love and help for those who are undeserving. God, we recognize today just how very undeserving we are. But God, that's what makes it grace, is that you love us in spite of who we are and what we've done. So God, touch us now, we pray, by your Spirit, and we pray that in your name, amen, amen. I'm going to show you a little video, a music video right now, and as you consider the words and as you consider your needs, I'm going to invite you to come and just stand here at the front and and then just wait as we get around to praying for each one. So can we put that music video on, please? And... uh, Let's just open our hearts up for what God wants to do in our lives today.